This is Top Shop Podcast. Top Shop Podcast. Top Shop Podcast. Podcast for automotive service business owners by Paul Donahue. Ryan Coyman, by the way, thanks for taking your valuable time uh, to be on Top Shop Podcast. I uh, wanted to introduce Ryan real quick. He's an ASC Master Level L12 and 3 certified past chairman of SAE of the Western Michigan section. He's the founder and chairman of the West Michigan Auto Repair Society, uh, 2006 BP Amico Ultimate Golden Mechanic. So he got a golden award. Big wrench. Uh, so, yep, golden wrench. Yep. So this is really cool as I see the professional microphone and stuff. Co-host, car and driver radio and road and track radio. So that's pretty cool but to get to those. That's pretty yeah. good. So uh, author of training manual and classes for standard motor products. And so you received Northwood University's Automotive Aftermarket Management Education Award. That award is reserved for industry leaders throughout the country who have made noteworthy contributions while distributing a substantial commitment to education within and outside of the industry. So on you published over 30 periodicals. And I think you mentioned something about cattle. <laughs> yes. So I raise uh, kids and kids and cattle steer and steer <laughs> cat, cat, cattle here in uh, Western Michigan in your spare time, right? Okay. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, in your spare time. So uh, uh, tell me a little bit about your background. I mean, I, I yeah. read some of your accomplishments, but yeah, tell me a little bit about your background. Yeah, so uh, I was one of those kids that my dad was a heavy equipment mechanic and said, "You go to college, learn, you know, learn something." Uh, don't fix stuff for a living. And so like any good kid, I did the exact opposite of what he told me to <laughs> do. And I got in the repair industry. Uh, so, you know, during high school, I, I worked in a shop, uh, went to college for a few years, wasn't really my thing. And I enjoyed making a living with my hands. I enjoyed the automotive technology. So I, I worked in the shop full time and then uh, spent the, the next about 16 years working in a shop uh, independent aftermarket shops. The last shop I was at was here in Western Michigan area, still today, the largest independent shop in the state of Michigan. And our philosophy there was specialization. So I would diagnose vehicles and dispatch them to other technicians, maybe do some programming or wiring repair. Mm -hmm. But then we had a, a front end technician. We had quick lube people, tire people, heavy duty repair people, transmission people. We we're all, we we're big enough so we could each be specialized and be efficient in our work. And then, um, I kind of got into the training development side of that time, working with other technicians in the area and also my own technicians in the shop, training them, helping them understand what they're doing better. And then, uh, I ran into the gentleman by the name of Jeff Masterman, who is a training development manager for standard okay. at a conference. And, uh, you know, after the class, he said, man, you have some really good questions. And I said, because I'm dumb. I don't know. I don't know the answers, I guess. And, <laughs> and he's like, how would you like to fill us in on some case studies? And when you diagnose and repair a vehicle, document it. And we'd like to use that in some of our classes. So I started doing that for a while. And then that kind of uh, led to one class a year to two classes a year. I was writing for them. And before you know it, they offered me a full-time job. I did that for a few years development and uh, that was awesome. I just, you know, it's like writing a term paper or doing the research and working with shops, collect information, understand how things failed and how, how to diagnose them. There's a lot of stuff I was diagnosing and repairing for many years, but once I got in this role, started researching, I go, Oh, 
that's how that happens, you know, and, and made me reflect a little bit more on my previous diagnosis. So then I, I moved from there to managing the team of trainers. At that time, we were doing about 500 classes a year. Uh, and then pre-COVID, we were up to about 2,500 classes a year. We were training throughout North America. And then 2013, I took over as director of the department, seeing our corporate training center in Irving, Texas, where we do hands-on classes. Uh, we do training for our own salespeople. We do training for our customers, you know, let's say in Napa, O'Reilly, uh, AutoZone, any of the traditional WD customers uh, would bring their people in. We train them on our categories. And then, um, you know, so I've been doing that for, yeah, about 12 years now and uh, kind of grown into including our engineering test facility. And so I've got technicians there installing parts on vehicles and actually testing them for our engineering labs around the world. Uh, Photo 360 lab and also uh, tech line services are run out of there. So it's been an interesting ride and very rewarding industry and, uh, you know, a few more gray hairs along the way, but it's been fun to evolve with the, with the industry. With the industry. Yeah. This is, you know, a podcast specifically for auto repair shop owners. So how uh, does standard motor products uh, work with and help the independent aftermarket auto repair shop owner? Yeah. So one of our taglines is when OE fails, trust standard. How <laughs> <laughs> yeah. else can I say it right there? A, good and a, lot, yeah. a lot of times people like to point back to the OE part, right. but if that part was so great, it wouldn't have failed in the first place. And we as aftermarket shops or independent shops wouldn't even be around. Right. Right. And so um, that's been one of the unique things and coming from the background and the perspective of the shop owner and technician, to kind of get behind the scenes and go, oh, wow, they've uh, figured out how to build a better ignition coil. And by doing some stuff here, able to put some of those enhancements in um, and then kind of understanding, you know what, when I used to buy that part from what I thought was the OE, it's not the same part that came on the car brand new. Right. They sourced it from somebody else somebody and else, right? put it in their box. And standard being the company it is, it's designed, it's built, and it's validated and supported. That's okay. kind of kind of interesting just you know we we are part of the industry and so we we help to serve and protect our own really awesome how long has standard motor products been in business so the company was originally founded in 1919 okay, uh, okay. Yeah, so it's been a while a couple of days now yeah right. yeah absolutely but what's very unique you know we've been publicly traded for uh well over 40 years now okay. and we're on our fourth ceo though, out of that whole time. And he's the great grandson of the founder. And so the the same family has been in control this whole time. So really the same philosophy uh, that the company is founded on is still rings true today. And, you know, true appreciation and loyalty to the customers. And, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of people are chasing those wall street results. Um, You know, while we certainly have to be cognizant of it to keep the lights on, um, our, our first and foremost loyalty is to the customer. Awesome. Yeah. It's so rare today in today's snap up the com- smaller companies, um, you know, and then fire half the staff and, you know, do whatever, to drive more profits. It's really mm-hmm. rare to see a company like standard motor products that the, the family never, you know, sold out. They, they still maintain control of it. So, <laughs> Yeah, as a a technician, if you didn't know really about standard motor products, what did you wish you did know? (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, so that's a great question, Paul. One thing, you know, I 
I always saw, oh, it's just aftermarket parts are as cheap as they can be, always the best. But again, once I started getting behind the curtain and understanding how things work and understanding that some of those well-known, quote-unquote, OE aftermarket brands uh, that I thought were OE, realized, you know what, they don't have a factory anywhere. They're sourcing these parts, putting them in there. In some cases, it was a standard built part that went in that package. And so, uh, whoa, that's very enlightening here. And then um, what boggles my mind and, and impresses me the most yet today is, like I said, having the opportunity to do the engineering research team. Even here right now in my my personal shop at home, <laughs> one of my guys is here and we're testing NOx sensors on a Duramax. Uh, we've got canned data loggers communicating with the team um, over in in you know Taiwan actually, and so they're logged in live and and just solving problems and understanding and analyzing. So it's not just put the cheapest part in the box and hope it works, but right. it's it's truly that commitment to understand and build a better mousetrap at the end of the day. Okay. So uh, tell me about, so we got standardmotorproducts.com and then we've got, um, it's standard training. The standard brand training. Standard brand training. So, yeah. Yes. Yep. So, well, that that's another unique part of the company is the dedication again to shop owners, technicians um, is the investment that the company makes in training. And I'm you know blessed to have a, a job that does that. Now we've got a field of trainers out there. We've got uh, training developers researching and working with technicians. Our goal is to identify the pains that technicians are doing today. And uh, what are you struggling with and providing a solution to that? So if they come to one of our classes, we're not going to talk about, you know, there's going to be hydrogen cars in 2035. That doesn't help anybody with tomorrow's problem or today's problem. So right. we're, we're trying to address in the Bay problems they're struggling with today and, and make our materials relevant as possible. So, you know, if, if you go to standardbrandtraining.com, you can kind of see who some of our trainers are. You can see uh, the classes we do, the topics we do. And then the question is, how do I find this training? Where do I get it? Right. And, you know, my answer is always, we don't sell directly to the end consumer. We sell through our channel partners. So, you know, wherever standard products are sold, contact the salesperson there and go, hey, I heard about this class. How do I get more information about it? Um, right. You know, we, we still do a ton of events. I, right now I've got a trainer in Hawaii, one in Puerto Rico, one in Alaska. You know, they're, they're all over the place right now uh, doing training classes. So we also uh, built a virtual film studio in our corporate training center in Irving, Texas. And so that was kind of a result of COVID, but it really benefits those technicians out in the middle of nowhere right now that used to have to drive two and a half, three hours to get to a training class in person. Mm -hmm. Now they can log in from the comfort of their shop or their own home, and they can view one of these classes as well. And then we do some lunch and learn stuff, which are kind of little teaser classes, but uh, usually once a month. And so you can find that on either standardbrand.com or you can look up the standard power hour, lunch and learn. And so every month we do a approximately 30 to 45 minute session. And it's, it's on a specific topic from our studio. We try to include some hands-on activities there. Uh, but if you missed any of them, you can always go to our standard brand YouTube channel and watch some of those ones there. So we, uh, you know, 
we, we try and be all things, all people when it comes to training sure. and reach different technicians. So if I'm at a shop in more of a rural area, I go to standardbrandtraining.com. I'm, I'm clicking on classes now, you know, STD, advanced drivability diagnostics, you know. So um, if I wanted to find out how I could purchase that, would I be able to contact uh, Standard Brand? Yeah, you can contact us through the site there and ask, like, yeah, hey, just say, I'm in Allendale, Michigan. Where sure. Where's this class going to be held? Or right. if, you know, if you're buying parts through, say, AutoWares or Eastern Automotive or O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, contact your sales rep there and go, hey, I'm interested in this topic. Okay. Uh, is it coming to our town here? And and how do I get signed up? Okay, so, and on the, the website here under Trainers, um uh tell me about your tell me about the training team yeah so we we've got a phenomenal training team they uh they're a unique breed of individuals to be a trainer you got to have uh first off technical background almost all these came from the the background of technicians or shop owners themselves so again they can relate to the pains that our audiences uh doing and, and they're really masters of their craft but then they also have to have the ability to stand up and give a uh, presentation and be able to have the confidence and and the personality and the presentation style to keep somebody entertained and en really engaged throughout a three and a half to four hour presentation that we do there. And then you have to have the the travel panache to hop on a plane and you know jump from uh, city to city and do all right. this kind of stuff too. Right. So we're blessed with with a fantastic team. Really, a lot of them have been with the team even longer than I've been around here. And and they're just solid people who really have a following. We quite often hear that, like, you know, if uh, if if Wayne's coming to my town, I don't care what the topic is, I'm going to go to his class. Or Victor or Ken or Matt or Louie, you know, any of them uh, have s built up such a following and an industry reputation over the years they're all caring individuals. They hand out their phone numbers and email address at the class. And, you know, quite often technicians don't have anywhere to turn. And so this group of guys are kind of their, uh, their personal helpline also. Man, that's awesome. Now, listen, I already know the answer to the question I am about to ask, but I am going to ask it anyway, because I want to hear it from you. Why train technicians? Really investing in the future. Right. If uh, if we don't train technicians, there's nobody to fix cars and there's nobody to buy our parts. You know, so that's one avenue of it here. But again, uh, all the, the trainers myself come from that background. And, and we really share that passion to help others the way we wish somebody would have helped us or maybe somebody did help us. Right. And so I think we all consider it a great honor and a responsibility to continue sharing that information uh, to the next generation of technicians. Yeah. So one thing's for sure. I mean, why train technicians? It's called change. What trends or developments do you see shaping uh, the future of the industry uh, and how are you guys preparing for them? Yeah. So there's, if you look at the headlines, it goes all over the place, right? And when you talk right. about EVs, hybrids, hydrogen, alternative fuels, all this stuff, trust me, it's on our radar. Uh, we've got I'm a sure. team you know, within the product divisions, understanding all this stuff, researching it. But we also, you know, we've been teaching hydrogen or excuse me, hybrid vehicles uh, since 2005. And so, you know, a few minor changes along the way. If you stay on top of change, it's not that drastic as far as the technology we're, we're teaching. Mm -hmm. And so by staying abreast of it, 
it's minor changes versus one significant change all at once. But then the way we deliver training, I think, is uh, definitely changed. As I mentioned, the virtual studio, we've got our on-demand training program where we've got close to 200 pre-recorded classes. If somebody wants to buy an annual subscription, ask your part supplier for STD100. That's the part number. You buy it. It gives you access to the website. Over 200 hours worth of training to watch there from the comfort of your own home. You, know, you hear all the stuff about virtual reality. How's that going to come into play? Mm-hmm. I don't know yet, but we're, we're getting more and more requests, Paul, from shop owners or, or large shops or even four or five man operations saying, you know what, rather than send my guys with 40 other people on Tuesday night to the golden corral, I want you to come in and train just my shop. We're going to shut down at noon. I'm going to bring in lunch. And then you're going to train just my staff for the afternoon and we'll do that, you know? And, and so we're seeing more and more shops migrate to that type of situation. I think it promotes better conversation within the shop itself. You know, let's say right now it's perfect opportunity to talk about air conditioning. We're kind of getting into AC season and and it starts to refresh their minds a little bit of, um, Oh, Hey, this is coming up or we should, you know, has anybody checked the oil in the vacuum pump lately or do we need new fittings on the machine or different stuff like that? And so it's important, you know, and good opportunities too. How do you think AI is going to affect the future of uh, training and information going out to? <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I... Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, unfortunately, my crystal ball is out for repair. This right, week, okay. So I didn't know, right. but, you know, we ourselves use AI in I training. Think- you know, I figured we did. All right. Yeah. We will download an SAE document, which is very complex engineer geek speak. And then we will load it into an AI machine and then ask questions of it. And it basically simplifies and helps pair, pair or parse down that information. So, right. um, you know, garbage in, garbage out. You know, in some cases, right. you have to be careful of it. But, um, What's different today than it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, information's at people's fingertips. Everything's so accessible today. And so the scary part is people are looking more for instant fixes versus a true understanding and the knowledge of how something works. And so um, that scares me a little bit. And that's where I want to encourage your audience here today, you know, continue to invest in the deeper knowledge, understand the system and how the components make up the system, how they really all work together in collaboration to make the vehicle go down the road. Today's vehicles are more and more complicated, but we have more and more specific trouble codes, more and more specific data PIDs. And so search for how things work and a true understanding. And then the silver bullets or you know, the, the quick fixes come in to play later on, but don't just grasp for, let me quick Google that or look for a YouTube video. Right. Um, there's a time and place and we help support that stuff, but a true understanding helps everybody. So I was going to ask you, I mean, I, rem- I had a 1971 Cougar with a 351 Cleveland in it, uh, yellow with a black interior. I wish I still had it. Yeah. And um, uh, a side marker bulb was 33 cents at, you know, at stairs. <laughs> uh, so how have you seen the industry change? <laughs> well, not just uh, pricing, but yes, uh, it's interesting. So like my son right now just picked up a 1964 International Lodestar. 
Oh, like no green, kidding. Green truck. Wow. And, uh, yeah. he's got the curse also, you know, he, he did what his father did and he's, he's working in a shop building hot rods and doing that. So this truck, he's actually, uh, lowering it 18 inches. He's putting a Cummins 12 valve in it stacks, you know, all kinds of making a rat rod out of this thing, but it's been fun for him, you know, as a 17 year old growing up with newer technology vehicles to see some of the old stuff here and go, wow, that's kind of interesting and appreciate the mechanical part of it. In the older days, people had to repair stuff. Today we replace stuff. Right. And, um, you know, again, things are so intertwined. And so we've got canned data communication and modules talking to each other. And, you know, a, a glow plug control module on a diesel truck can cause the transmission not to shift properly. Okay. And so many things are intertwined and the technician just has to have a real broad understanding of the vehicle. And, um, you know, there's a lot to keep up with. The other day I plugged in a scan tool to a 2023 F-150. And after like 607 data PIDs, I stopped scrolling. There was just almost information overload. Right, right. Uh, speaking of technicians, you know, um, there's a lot, lot of newer technicians might be watching or listening to this podcast. You know, what do you think their challenges are, uh, the newer technicians coming in, just coming into the... Yeah, that, you know, I appreciate that question because when I started in you know, growing up in the seventies and eighties, there wasn't a whole lot of unique things to learn. Everything was relatively the same and somewhat straightforward. 92, when I started working in the shop, yeah, I had to learn a few things, but and so as things have adapted throughout my career, um, I've been able to adapt with it coming in fresh. It's just, you know, getting hit in the face with all kinds of different stuff. And so I think they got to learn the mechanical side, the data networking side, the programming software side, electrical plumbing. There's just so much. And so I think it's almost monumental to start um, and jump into this stuff. But as a result, there's more information at their fingertips and can kind of get them through that. Um, I encourage any young technician, something I wish I had done, uh, earlier in my career is just focus on one thing at a time. And so I, I work with young technicians such as my son and like, you know, this week we're going to focus on a mass airflow sensor. How does a mass airflow sensor work? And every vehicle that you touch this week, you're going to plug it in scan tool and watch the mass airflow sensor. What does it do at idle? What does it do under acceleration? Once we get a pretty good grasp on that for a week, now we're going to look at a map sensor. And then we're going to look at a throttle position sensor, then engine coolant temp sensor, and just, focus and before you know it within a couple months you've got a really pretty good grasp of each piece and i'll start how they work together so many technicians wake up 30 years into their career and find that they've got one year of experience repeated 29 times and so you know there's still not a good understanding of how it all works together well, I, I like that analogy because uh, I'm an entrepreneur and automatically my brain went to that and I fall into the same trap. That's exactly how you build a, an auto repair shop or any business. You focus, even though there's so many things that you need to focus on and the things you need to take care of and they're all important, you can only focus if you focus on one thing. Um, right. I, I've read this in a lot of um, success books too. If you want to change habits or whatever, you can only focus on one thing uh, yep. until you get that down. And then the next one and then the next one. And although it seems that you're going slow, you're not because you're taking care of this one thing uh, and then the next thing and then the next thing. And then before you know it, 
you've got all these pieces put together that are being done right instead of all right. over the place trying to learn this, fix that, do that, watch the yep. video on this and on that. So you just gave a great description of how a technician should learn uh, the the trade of how a business should be built. <laughs> so uh, I like that. What's the, uh, speaking of this, what do you think the future of training is? I mean, do you have any, I mean, you kind of already gave me some insight on that, but. Yeah. Well, again, I think it's, it's more spot built training. There's a lot of resources out there today too. different companies do individually guided training. You know, I've served on multiple school boards uh, throughout my life and even by being somebody that went back to college in my forties, really appreciate the use of assessments and learning by assessment. And so, you know, back when I started going to school as, as a youngster, we all dreaded tests or exam week, right? It's like punishment. They're going to beat us up because I got a D in this or something. But now that I understand it, the purpose of assessment is to know how much, you know, and, and how well did we do? And do we need to tweak the learning to bring you up to this level here? So, you know, you and I have different gifts and probably different levels of understanding and stuff, but through assessment, they go, okay, well, Paul, you're at 98%. Ryan, you're at 60. Ryan, we're going to invest a little bit more in you to bring you up. And Paul, you're okay. You can move on to something else. And so there's a lot of different training tools out there. Mm-hmm. for individual learning and self-paced learning with some of that stuff. You know, with our stuff where we show up to a town and we do a three and a half, four hour seminar, that's good for spotted learning, but it's not really developing the individual as a whole. Mm-hmm. And so I'd like to see the industry continue to figure out how to address each individual person. You know, back to my days in the shop, we had specialized people because if I asked one of the other guys to diagnose his vehicle, you know, he'd probably quit and go home. But if he asked me to do a transmission R&R job, I would quit and go home. And so, you know, people have different gifts and different skill sets and learn different ways too. And people want more and more hands-on training. We at Standard, and I know a couple other training providers work hard to try and bring that experience or in the bay training closer and closer to the end user, mm-hmm. but it's hard. It, it takes a lot of time and investment with that. You know, so it's, there's a lot of opportunities right now. Okay, that's awesome. How do you guys approach competition in your industry? Do you see it as a threat or an opportunity? So in the training side specifically, I guess kind of both. You know, iron sharpens iron. We've, uh, not to sound too arrogant, but we've been on stage with all the big customers year after year after year winning training awards. Mm-hmm. We appreciate that. But there's been more people now coming into our space uh, with some of the training Obviously, we can't train every technician out there. You know, we see on a good year, maybe close to 100,000, but that's still a drop in the bucket. And so in many cases, we welcome the, the competition to reach some of those technicians we don't see. And also it helps us, uh, you know, step up our game a little bit more and reevaluate. Um, we became a, an accredited training provider a couple of years ago. Actually, we have to get renewed this year. But what that's done is caused us to reevaluate our process and how do we develop the class? How do we write it? Um, what's the level we do? What's our improvement program for the trainers? Uh, and just kind of reevaluate what we do. And so, you know, I think that's that's one of those benefits of competition too. Okay. Shop owners are always interested in the bottom line, just like a business owner like me. So how have you, have you seen any personal examples of shops that have taken training and, and you know 
that they've increased their revenues and been able to get more customers, more business. Is there any stories that you could share? I'm sure you probably got a lot of, how many shops do you guys think you've trained over the years? <laughs> you know, that, that's awesome. one of those mind boggling numbers, Paul. Right. right. Yeah. What Jeff Masterman. Yeah, since 1919. <laughs> right. 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 At least, at least a hundred. How's that for an answer? <laughs> Probably hundred thousand. Um, There's two hundred and forty thousand re- uh, repair shops around that in the US. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, one time I t- attempted when one of my guys retired. You know, looking at how many clinics he's done over the years or classes he's hosted, times an average of thirty-two people. It's an astounding amount of people that we've influenced really? and touched through this yeah. over the years. But um, you know, one one of my favorite stories. Uh, I was up in Anchorage, Alaska doing a class and there's always that guy in every class, the smartest guy in town. He's going to play stump the chump. Right. And, um, you know, so <laughs> the salesperson, you know, said, Hey, that guy over there, Matt, he just came in. Uh, he's going to be your problem child tonight. He's going to try and prove you wrong. So, you know, it's not my first rodeo. So I go up and I'm going to make him my friend. And, you know, I go, Hey Matt, everybody in town tells me that you're the smartest guy around. You solve all the difficult vehicles and you're a pretty sharp guy. And he bragged on himself for a little bit. I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. And he says, all right, so what are you going to sell us on tonight? I said, I'm, I'm not selling anything tonight. We we're very firm to our commitment. We do not sell from the podium. We're here to hundred percent give you technical information to help you do your job better. And he's like, yeah, whatever. I've heard that before. And said, all right, how much did you pay to come? And he said, well, about a hundred bucks. So all right, I got a hundred dollar bill in my pocket here, but any point in the class, you feel that I'm selling you on something, raise your hand. I'll slide over. I'll give you that hundred dollar bill and you can leave or you can stay whatever. He's like, Oh, game on. I appreciate that. <laughs> so I, a lot of our classes, we'll start with an opening case study. That's kind of the hook to bring people in for the night. And, uh, so I'm going through that and I deliver how we diagnosed it and how we solved it. And he's sitting back there. He's got an ink pen in his hand. I see him slam it on the desk and in disgust, basically. And I'm like, all right, everybody time out a minute. My buddy, Matt back there has something to say, apparently. And I'm like, Matt, do I owe you that hundred bucks or something. And he's like, no, you, you know, blankety blank. If you would have been here two weeks ago, you could have saved me 35 freaking hours that I spent trying to diagnose <laughs> this vehicle. Like, all right, so it's worth your time, right? And he's like, oh, absolutely. And so that's one thing I say to a lot of technicians, if they say, you know, I don't want to pay $100 to come to a class and go, well, what's your shop labor rate? Well, it's $140 an hour. So you're telling me that you don't think out of this whole class, you're going to get something that can make you one more hour efficient in the next month or whatever and get the payback. And so, you know, it's a... those that get it, get it. And, the, you know, shops like my old one, there's a ton of shops I could name that budget up to 5% of their revenue to invest back in their technicians and training every year. They'll okay. send them to different events around the country. If there's a class in town, their guys are going to be there. Um, you know, they just, they understand the value of training and, you know, how that investment pays dividends later on. Sure. And if I had uh, analytics, and because I'm, I'm in digital marketing, I'm an analytics guy. If I had the analytics from uh, financials of those shops that do what you just said, I, I can, yeah. they're totally a cut above a lot of other, uh, yeah, other competition because they understand 
and they don't just understand it. They apply it. They make sure 5% is a lot, you know, uh, yeah. you invest 5% back in a training for your staff, you know, it, it pays dividends down the road. And I, I had somebody on the, on the podcast before it's like, you know, but what if I train them and, and I leave and I says, well, what if they learn nothing and stay? Right. Right. No, that's a great question. Posed <laughs> so, that many times. So no. I'm more scared of that answer. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, I'm more afraid of, he said, I'm more afraid of them uh, learning nothing and staying. So I'd rather train them. Uh, but he said, you know, I have a lot of loyalty from my current uh, technicians. Absolutely. They, 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 people he, that come in and we train them on a tire trainer and say, Hey, you can make a lot of a very good living in this industry. If you want to, you know, dig in and then right. we're willing to do the training. And then, so those people feel a commitment to that shop and they stay, they stay. For Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Sometimes that's more beneficial. I mean, kind words and recognition is, you know, worth a dollar an hour sometimes to some technicians and just by investing in these technicians and showing that you care about them and their future and that you're building a future with them and your in your business. Yeah. You know, that means a lot to them and it helps with that retention. Any advice you'd give to an entrepreneur who's just really getting a shop going within those first two to three years, you know, 80% of shops fail in the first five years. Absolutely. Know your value. It would be the first thing I'd say, charge what you're worth and find a, a coach to walk you through this. Uh, today's world, there's so many business coaches available that understand the numbers. Uh, you know, even today I was scrolling through a Facebook forum, you know, and there's a guy saying, Hey, I just did my first mobile reprogramming. What, what should I charge? You know, it's like, if you don't know what you're worth here, or what did it cost you to get up and put your boots on in the morning and start the car or turn the lights on? You know, a lot of people think, well, it's, uh, this much is seems like a good number, but they don't understand it. And so uh, a good coach right off the bat will help you build the business. As you mentioned yourself, just by having the business acumen versus being the smartest technician in town is uh, worth its weight in gold. All right, folks, Ryan Quayman. Thanks, Ryan, for your time. Standardbrand.com and then go to standardbrandtraining.com. Take a look at the classes. Uh, take a look at the trainers uh, that they've gotten there. And if you want to know how you can uh, acquire one and purchase a class, just uh, send them an email through the website and they'll get back to you. We'll point in the right direction. Yeah. Awesome. So anyway, so Ryan and I both belong to the Automotive Maintenance Repair Association and Matt. So look forward to seeing you in St. Louis tonight. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure to catch up with you, Paul. And thanks for doing this for the industry. Yeah, yeah. And thanks for imparting some of your knowledge uh, to the other shop owners that, um, that might be listening. Okay. Thanks, Ryan. Absolutely. All right. For additional automotive resources and exclusive content, follow us on Spotify and subscribe to our YouTube channel to catch all our episodes. Thanks again for joining us in the driver's seat, and we'll see you next time for another thrilling episode of Top Shop.